Hey, how we doing today? How we doing, AFC North Talk fans and everybody who likes it? Let me make sure um, in the comments, make sure my volume's up. I'm trying to do something different with the mic here. Uh, but let me know how that's doing. But also, let me introduce our esteemed panel of extremely biased people on this show. We are so biased on this show. The most biased. Uh, first, we have Ace. Ace, how you doing? How's that flip season going for you, man? It's going great, man. It's going great. Just just became officially part of PS5, Team PS5 today. So it's a great day. It's always a great day. All right. And representing the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have the always on time. Tony, Tony, how you doing? Uh, I'm on time. I'll tell you what's not on time is my Xbox. Uh, I pre-ordered an Xbox from Target. It shipped on Monday. It'll be here sometime. I don't know. It's it's, it's an hour away from me right now. It's been an hour away since 8 o'clock last night. Uh, Ace, congratulations on getting your PS5. I might get an Xbox hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping till like February 2022 to get mine. Sonny, how you doing, man? That's where I am too. I still have my PS4, still playing some of the games that I had. Nowhere in sight for a PS5. That's okay. Somewhere, at some point, maybe as Ace is migrating to his PS6, I'll get my PS5. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm ready for this stuff. Sonny's going to get that PS5 Slim in three years. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. And I'm Quincy Carrier, representing the Browns. I'm actually wearing orange today. I got I got some flack in it a couple of shows ago for never you wearing did. Browns colors. But I'm, I'm in kind of an orange. Now, that could be Bengals colors. Y'all might think I'm a traitor. But well, we got to see volunteers. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Ew, who cares from Tennessee? No, the, the crazy thing is. People have been saying that about Quincy for a while, and the one show that he wears brown stuff, and I'm like, come on, guys, give him some props. No one says anything. No one said anything. No, no one said anything. No <laughs> People freak out with the Steelers uh, shared the. Oh, man, I'm, I don't remember what you're talking about, Sonny. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> that was, about. That was your best look. Right, you should go back oh, to it. Delete. So where do we want to start with today's show? What games do we want to start with today? Um, let's go with the Browns. The Browns are coming back off of the bye week. They're playing Houston at home. Um, I'm going to let everybody else get their thoughts off about this game, and then I'm going to tell everybody why they're wrong. Um, <laughs> we're going to start out with uh, Sonny. Sonny, how, tell me how you think this game is going to go down. Look. The Texans are struggling. They just beat a Jacksonville Jaguars team with a guy that I can't remember who he was. I know his mom was very proud when he threw the almost tying touchdown, right? And then he threw a horrible two-point conversion. Yes, I went back and watched that game. Um, but <laughs> Texans are just bad. They're bad defensively. Offensively, they do have the John Watson. He's slippery. I, I, I love the John Watson. But they took the best target out. Right, so receiver-wise, they're iffy. Running backs, they're pedestrian at best. So we have talked about the, the Browns' defense. Usually, they struggle against the running side. Uh, that that should not be the case in this game. Uh, I think this is set up for the Browns to win and to win convincingly. I'm not gonna say blow them out, but as you know, sometimes you win a game by ten, but you feel that that game was in control. I think that's what it's gonna be this game. I'm expecting they go back to their ground and pound. Uh, with um, Hunt, I'm expecting actually to have Baker to have a good game. Play action again. I don't think the the Texans defense has anything that they can provide against this Browns weapons, right? I know Cooper is questionable. I think he's supposed to play, right, Quincy? Yeah, what Cooper? Uh, Hooper, 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 Austin Hooper. He might. Yeah. He's coming off of appendicitis. He practiced today, though. Okay, so uh, if if Hooper plays, I think that that itself is a matchup problem. I don't think can, Cunningham can can 
handle Hooper. Hooper's a great guy that he knows how to get open. And that is big for Baker too, having that guy there. And, and Landry, you know, he he still he'll be doing his thing and Higgins on the outside. It's just I think the Browns have too much weapons against the Houston team. So I'm expecting the uh the Browns to win around by 10. All right, Tony, what's your thoughts on this game? It's an interesting game for the Browns. It comes during this kind of four-game stretch for them in these winnable games. You know, they, they you go back to that game against the Raiders uh, where they were favored. They're obviously going to be favored in this game. They'll be favored next week uh, when they play uh, the Eagles, and then they'll they'll probably be favored again and then when they play the Jaguars on the road. So these are four games where, you know, the Browns need to accumulate wins now because, you know, this is a 5-3 and three football team, still sees itself as a playoff team, still should be a playoff team in an AFC that's going to have uh, seven or maybe even eight teams in the playoffs. But if you look at the back half of their schedule, you know, they've got three really tough games. They've got Titans, Ravens, and then the Steelers in their final week. So need to, need to get back to accumulating those wins. Disappointing loss against the Raiders. I look at this, this Houston team, and, you know, Houston has played better as of late. I mean, I think firing Bill O'Brien was definitely a plus for them. Uh, and they, you know, they they have two wins now. Both of them, of course, coming against the Jaguars. But you know, wins are wins. They did play a pretty competitive game a couple weeks back against Tennessee as well. I think the big thing for the Browns in this game is is can they get Nick Chubb back? Is that actually going to happen? And is he, you know, how much do they feel comfortable getting him back into the lineup fully? Right. I think if if he plays in this game, I don't think there's any indication yet that he's definitely going to play. But it seems like he's heading on the right track. Uh, well then, you know, that can be, I think, a big get for them because the running game hasn't been what it was at the beginning of the year uh, when it was the, the two-headed monster. So getting him back in the folding is a big for them. And then on the other side, you know, for Houston, they're going to be relying a lot on Deshaun Watson this game, as they do every week. But this week, you know, I think David Johnson is going to be out for this game, so you're not going to see a big uh, rushing attack from the Houston Texans. The one thing about Houston is that I think, you know, this is, this is definitely a downfield attack for them. Will Fuller, a big downfield threat. For them, and that has been a, a problem for the Browns. Of course, you know we've talked so many times on this podcast about Andrew Sandejo and the problems the Steelers have in the secondary, specifically at the safety position. But I, I, I'm with Sonny on this one. I think this is a back to basics type of game for Cleveland. It's a, it's a home game for them. They can get Nick Chubb back into that lineup, establish the line of scrimmage. You know, stay out of turnover mistakes, and uh, and they should be able to win this game. You know, fairly comfortably. Like Sonny said, I know this is gonna be a blowout. But, you know, a nice 10, 13-point win where the, the the outcome is never in doubt. All right, Ace, what you think? Yeah, I think uh, when I was looking at putting together my parlay ticket and I'm looking at this game, I would probably favor Cleveland in this game. Uh, obviously, the Texans, whenever you have a good quarterback like Deshaun Watson, they're always going to have a fighting chance. But I think that Cleveland just, like Cincinnati, needed that bye week, needed to get healthy, needed to get Nick Chubb back, and I've kind of been talking about that. Um, nothing against Kareem Hunt. He's very talented, but I think that this shows how important uh, Nick Chubb is to that offense. And if Nick Chubb is in this game, Austin Hooper is in this game, those are our top weapons for this offense to definitely be able to do what they need to do, especially with OBJ out, right? We talk about that as well. You're missing Nick Chubb. You're missing OBJ. You're missing Austin Hooper. I mean, any team that that happens to, you're not going to be the same offensively outside of that. So if they can get Nick Chubb back, I think that they can get back to being that physical ground and pound team that blew the doors off of the Bengals defense week two. And I think that that's going to help the Browns essentially win this game. Now, depends on what happens, but I feel confident that the Browns can come into this game and get a win. Yeah, you know, I agree with you guys on most of these fronts here. I think the biggest thing for the Browns, not only is the people that are going to get back from the injury um, list who haven't been playing, it's the people who have been very banged up this season that are going to be able to be, you know, at least a week's more healthy without being hit. Jarvis Landry has been 
um, not his self, not his usual self, because he's been still recovering from hip surgery all season. It looks like he's finally off of the practice um, injury report. Um, Kareem Hunt, he's somebody who he's been playing well. He just hasn't been playing at Nick Chubb levels. And part of that has to do is because he's basically been, you know, either out there with a hurt hamstring or a hurt rib anytime he's out there. So he hasn't been 100% healthy. He's now off the injury report. Baker Mayfield's now off the injury report. Um, and then you could get guys like Austin Austin Hooper, Wyatt Teller, all these guys back here. Um, the big thing with Houston for the Cleveland Browns, in the big hole they have on their defense. Their coverage is not great. We already know about that. But their run defense is especially terrible against zone run teams. If you look what they did against Tennessee and Minnesota, two teams that we know run a similar offense to the Cleveland Browns, in those two games alone, they gave up 425 yards and five touchdowns. That is a ridiculous amount of production that they gave up. Um, so that's where you attack them. That's where you can get them. They're not uh, undisciplined defense to where they're gonna they're gonna slide on every play action, but they're very uh, I don't know. It's conservative is the right word for it, but they they take like a a slow man's approach to it to where they will let the play develop and they won't be wrong on the play action, but they'll be late to react to whatever it is that you do. Um, so you can take advantage of them there. I don't know if the Texans are going to be able to get pressure on the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Everything that's been up and down on this team, the offensive line has not. Um, and if Baker has time, then I think he'll have time to find Jarvis Landry, who's going to be able to find his way into some of these soft spots in these zones like he does so well. Um, so I do think Baker and Jarvis could have a big game here, but I think the onus is going to be more on these running backs to exploit what Texas has not been able to take it, take care of um, all season, which is stopping the run. It's been a bad thing for them. The Browns should be... The Browns should be poised to do that. Um, as far as the other side of the ball, offensively, this is just like playing the Bengals, in my opinion. You know, um, I think Deshaun Watson compares very favorably to a guy like Joe Burrow. I think they're very similar players, very similar skill set, in very similar situations here. I think Deshaun might have a better offensive line. He definitely has a better offensive line. Uh, but I think Joe Burrow has more explosive and better weapons than Deshaun Watson. Either way, both quarterbacks are going to be able to move the ball. The, the ideal that the Cleveland Browns defense is going to do anything to stop uh, Deshaun Watson is ridiculous. What you can hope for is that Miles Garrett gets a sack or two or gets uh, forces a three and out. And, you know, that gives you enough stops to be able to take advantage and control the ball um, and do those things. But that being said, I do think the Browns are going to win. I don't think it's going to be by a major margin. I think by most they win by 10 points, but I can easily see them eking this out by three. But that's my thoughts on that game. We're going to go to the next game. Um, Really a lot of intrigue going on this playoff implications on this game. Bengals versus the team in Washington. Uh, Ace, I'm going to let you go first here. What do you think about this game? Where do you think it's going to line up? And what do you hope to extract from this game? I think that coming into this game, if you would have asked me about three weeks ago uh, about what was going to happen into this game, I would have been terrified. I think I said on here I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> I was not going to live stream I'm that game for it. because it was going to be a funeral of uh, this Bengals offensive line because obviously the Steelers have the top pass rush in the league. It was one that I was worried about. But over the time, we watched a lot of these games. I watched the Steelers. I watched the Bengals. And I felt like it was a situation where the Bengals have started to improve in terms of dealing with that pass rush, right? So ever since that Ravens game, 
Zach Taylor, I have to give him credit on this, has made adjustments. And I don't know, it may be that they play actually better with Giovanni Bernard in the backfield uh, rather than Joe Mixon, dare I say, because he's able to help pass protect better against those corners that blitz or those guys that get into the backfield. And I've seen a lot of interesting things from Zach Taylor in those regards where he is putting guys like Gio in motion, but bringing them back to the to the backfield to help on those uh, rushing plays. But I think the other thing that we've all saw from the Pittsburgh Steelers is there's always a, a tell of two Steelers in each game. They're either on fire or they just are frozen, like Tony said on the last episode. And with that inconsistency, I think that it's eventually going to catch them. I think the fact that the Bengals are flying high after this Titans win and going into a bye week, I think that that gives me somewhat of some confidence against this Steelers team. Now, they could completely wreck this game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying that if the Steelers have 10 sacks in this game, obviously it could get ugly, right? Uh, but if they're able to hold these guys to maybe three, maybe four sacks, I think that the Bengals actually have a chance in this game. And I think that Joe Burrow is – this is a huge game for him. He's going to have to prove that what happened to him against the Ravens He's actually been able to learn from that and uh, adjust accordingly. So with that being said, I think with the momentum of the Steelers always getting off at the last second and the Bengals trending high right now, I think that it, there is a realistic chance that the Bengals could potentially pull the upset here. Do I think that it's going to happen? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, we've had a bye week. If this was Marvin Lewis coaching this team, I would say no, because Marvin Lewis is horrible coming out of a bye when it comes to the Steelers or any team for that regards. But I think that Zach Taylor, the one thing that I learned about him last season around the bye week was that he was able to fix issues in this offense uh, primarily last year was the run game. This year, it's just been situational football. So if he's been able to get back and improve on that part of uh, this football team, I think that they can do that because when it comes to it, say what you want to say about Mike Tomlin. He's a good coach. He's aware of what to do with situational football, and he is a far superior coach than Zach Zahler at this moment. But if Zach Taylor is able to do that and make the right adjustments and have two weeks for them to be able to prep for this game. I think that Joe Burrow is definitely the X factor that helps them pull this out, especially since this isn't Andy Dalton coming in, but this is going to be a tall task. I'm by no means, and I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to go in and blow the doors off of these guys, but I think even if it's a situation like that Ravens game where Lamar had that last opportunity to throw that touchdown and win the game, I think Joe Burrow in that situation, and this is not saying that Joe Burrow is better than Lamar by any stretch of my imagination at all. I think Joe Burrow makes that pass and wins that game. And so I think given that we've seen that in the Philly game, the Ravens game, a lot of these other games, I think Joe Burrow can actually make that play to pull off the upset. All right, guys, I want to make a quick uh, uh, correction to the record. I think I said the Washington football team. We're talking okay. about Bengals Steelers. My apologies there. We actually got a super chat about we that game. Chats, yeah. Triv has a prediction already for next week. Free Dwayne Haskins. I got Washington 17-14. Sorry, Ace. Uh, we also have another super chat from Triv who says, Fumbled my bag. My bad. Hey, not, it's my fault. I got the Steelers 34-14, Ace. Ooh, uh, definitely not going to haunt. That'd be better than what the Browns did. Um, definitely not going to haunt Joe. Um, hopefully he gets out of this alive. 
that's going to be interesting. Intro. I know Tony is just fuming to say what he wants to say here, but we're going to go to Sonny. Sonny, <laughs> what do you have? Look, this is a game that – so we, we have documented how the Steelers have been starting slow, right? And actually, the Bengals have been doing the opposite. The Bengals, for the most part, have been starting very hot, and then – like they they stagger, windle down. The defense eventually gives the win. It's what has been happening feels throughout the season. My, the Ravens game was one of the few that they basically were bad throughout the game. But for most of the games, the Bengals have been usually hot at the beginning, and then they windle down. Okay, so this is a game that not only could be a trap game for the Steelers. I don't believe necessarily about trap games in division because division games are so unique because teams know each other so well. But this is a game that if the Bengals can quasi-protect um, decently. I think they can exploit, and, and then the Steelers start slow. This is a game that the Steelers, I don't think, should or could start slowly because the Bengals will exploit those defensive problems that the, the Steelers have. The Bengals have the receivers, tall, big receivers, and Joe Burrow takes advantage of that. So I think this is a game that if the Bengals start quick, then it, it, it goes back to the defense. Can the defense hold back the Steelers? Because the Steelers will come, right? If the Steelers have started slowly, but the Steelers eventually say, like, okay, let's just stop this nonsense and let's just go play. Can the defense hold that, that storm? And if they cannot, can the Bengals then keep putting points? Because it goes back both ways. The Steelers start slow. And the other team, you know, they put points. And then and the second half feels like the Steelers, not only the offensive wakes up, but the defense also just cramps down and doesn't allow as many points. So if the Bengals start hard, the main thing will be second half. How is that second half? Because we can see this game first half, I don't know, 13-0, 13-3, 13-7, something like that, Bengals, right? But the other side is, if the Bengals are winning, let's say 13-7, can they hold that lead, right? Can they protect Burrow? Because you know the Steelers are coming hunting. You know Dupree and T.J. Watt are coming to just add it up Burrow. And they want, and then Minka's probably going to be cheating. I feel like Minka, this is a game that Minka is cheating to see if he can make that pick six, right? So oh, he's going to be... Yeah, I mean, I thought you meant like you. Yeah. I thought, okay. No, 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 no. no. Like, like he, 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 we're gonna get like PD talkers. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Meaning that if he's playing cover one, he's reading the quarterback a lot, and he's probably taking a lot of chances, hoping that his pass rushers are getting nearby, and he's getting a throw that is quick, and he can get that pick or pick six. So Burrow protecting the ball. Uh, the 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 offensive line has to again not stop that rush, but just give him enough time. Just give him enough time. And the running game, the Steelers. Alu uh, Alu, I don't think he'll be back, right, Tony? It's it's touch and go at this point. He he's limited in practice so far. There's there's optimism that he can play, but it's it's a 50-50 right now. So I think that the the Bengals need to try to run the ball, especially in the A gap. It feels like that's where the Steelers have been the softest since Alu Alu has gone. So run the A gap, play action, hit them, and then don't if if they start hot. The Bengals cannot pull back. They need to keep pushing because the Steelers eventually are coming. So this is a game that I'm just going to go with the upset. Yeah. I'm going to go with upset city. I'm going to go Bengals 17, Steelers 13 because I need the Steelers to lose. Wow. 17, you do need them to 13, lose this game. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, this is this is in sunny self-interest for the Steelers yes. to lose this game because <laughs> yes. not only does he need the Steelers to lose, the division game Actually, would make wait. would make it much <laughs> easier for the Ravens. Let, let me rephrase this. Let me. I'm gonna flip the scores. Steelers 17 and uh, Bengals 13. The only reason is the only time that I haven't picked the Bengals, that the Bengals won. I need them to win. So let me just go Steelers 17. <laughs> Can't Bengals do it. 13. The first score, the first score is the one that counts. Unfortunately, I broke the rules. Damn it. <laughs> Sonny, man, I'm telling you, just join me. Look, just fight for the wild card because you ain't winning the division. It, it's over with. They got eight wins already. They're, they're, they're going to get it. They're going to get if it. If they lose one more, if they lose one more, we could potentially get it. Hey, it, it, it does involve Baltimore going to Heinz Field on Thanksgiving and winning, which yeah. is, yeah. again, not, not a guarantee. I mean, I, I get your optimism. I understand it. But, you know, it does involve the Ravens going to Heinz Field. What if the Steelers <laughs> lose and then the, Ra the Ravens lose against the Patriots or something like that? <laughs> that oh. would be hilarious. I'm oh, okay man. with that, actually. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that. Yeah. So, um, should we get to Tony? Should we let Tony uh, speak? Probably not. Probably I'll not. I'll mute him. I'll mute him. He's <laughs> passing by. All right. Yeah, actually, quick. I can skip my thoughts this week. I can skip them. You know, you go to Ace's show. I was on Ace's show yesterday. Uh, gave my thoughts on the game there. Um, so, yeah, you just, you just go to his show. <laughs> All right, give us a quick little uh, little synopsis on what you think is going to happen real quick here, Tony. All right, here's the thing. I did go on Ace's show yesterday. I did predict the Steelers to lose this football game. Ooh, what? Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. I did. I did do that. And it's not because of Ben, right? Obviously, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh right now who are feeling, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he has to be separated from the team right now because uh, the whole situation there with Vance McDonald and he was in close contact. Uh, in fact, and by the way, Anthony McFarland, the rookie running back, just went on the injury report. Today for the Steelers with an illness, this is the same thing that happened to Vance McDonald next week. We don't know that it's related, but, you know, obviously anytime someone has an illness now, you know, the red flags go up. Uh, and then the other thing that should be talked about here is that Pitt, the, the university in Pittsburgh who shares a practice facility with the Steelers, canceled their game this week because of an outbreak on their team. Uh, so there's some concern there for sure, no doubt about it. But my reason for picking the Bengals in this game was not because of that situation. I, ben is going to play in this game, like there's no doubt. I know people are talking about Mason Rudolph maybe. Josh Dobbs, I would love it if my boy Duck got another chance because remember, he is undefeated against teams from Ohio. Just just an FYI. Uh no, the reason why the reason why I, I predicted the Bengals in this true. game. You lost to Young Sound State in college. I was there at that game. <laughs> All right, but. All right. As a professional, sorry. As an amateur, you're right. See, but once he once he turned professional, he's undefeated. Uh no, the reason why it, I was I, you know, I was convinced I, I did a podcast a couple weeks back with Dean I'm Pietro, who's the the sports guy for WPXI, a local station in Pittsburgh. And he, he, he told me, he's like, I think the Bengals are going to be the Steelers first loss. No doubt about it. He kept telling me that the Bengals are going to be their first loss. And I scoffed when I first heard it. Come on, the Bengals are going to be that team. But you know, he made a compelling case, which is that for, first of all, the Steelers are just not playing well right now. And, and I get, you know, I know Steeler fans are so funny right now because it's a whole part of Twitter, Steeler Twitter, where they're saying like, you know, the media is being ridiculous and the Steelers are underrated. And, you know, I, I get it because some people in the media are, you know, I just saw an article on 538 before we started today. The Steelers are the worst 8-0 uh, team of all time or the luckiest 8-0 team of all time. You got all these power rankings out there where the Steelers are like two or three, even though they're the only undefeated team left. The Ben, the whole thing with Ben and PFF where they said, you know, that Ben is holding back the Steelers because he's a 16th ranked quarterback on PFF. I get why Steeler fans are upset. What? But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, the Steelers aren't playing well right now. I mean, they just are not, right? They are winning football games, but two things can be true. You can win games and not play well enough in those football games. And I think both those things are true. I like, okay, all right, we're good. The bib's going, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> the who they tell. The who they tell. I, 
I think the, the one thing he, he convinced me of in this game, though, is that the Bengals are going to exploit a weakness on the Steeler defense. Sonny touched on it. It is the idea that they're going to spread this Steeler defense out, play out of 11 personnel. That is what the Bengals like to do. To me, that has always been the way that you should attack a Steeler defense like this. It has always been the weakness of a, of a Steeler defense. Spread them out and, and, and try to get them to declare uh, and, and attack them that way through the passing game. Dallas had some success last week through doing that. But they only ran 11 personnel 56% of the time. Baltimore actually had the most success. They ran it 65% of the time. Cincinnati on the year averages using 11 personnel 78%, almost 80% of the time. So they are going to do to run this on almost every play. And we'll see how the Steeler defense responds. They have to get pressure on Burrow. Uh, that that is, you know, that is going to be key number one in this game. They get pressure on Burrow. If they do what Baltimore did to Burrow, well, this is this is game set match. I mean, this, there's there's not a chance here for Burrow. Um now, I told Ace yesterday on the show, I said, look, I'm going to predict the Bengals today, but I'm still thinking about this, and I don't know what I'm going to say on AFC North Talk. So am I going to split my votes here? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm switching. I'm going back to Steelers for this reason. Home road splits. The Steelers have played poorly in their last three games. Those three games have all been on the road. This game is back in Heinz Field. If you look at Ben Roethlisberger's numbers this year, his completion percentage, higher when he's playing at home, his, his yards per attempt, higher when he's playing at home, uh, touchdown to interception ratio, way higher when he's playing at home. Uh, so I, I like I like Ben Roethlisberger. I like this offense in this football game. And and the thing about the Bengals is they don't have a rushing attack that's going to scare this uh, this Steeler defense. They're going to they're going to I, I imagine the Steeler defense is not going to be scared to come out of their base. Uh, and they're they're going to go to nickel. They're going to go to dime. They're going to be just fine doing that. Uh, and I think that's going to pose some problems for Joe Burrow. They're going to the, the Steeler defense going to key to shut down Joe Burrow in this game. I don't imagine he has a big game, but if he does, it's a competitive game, and I can I can definitely see a Steeler loss, but I'm not going to predict it. Sorry, guys. I think uh, the Steelers, a Steelers fan, just kicked my Wi-Fi out there. I just kind of <laughs> dropped off and came back. Sorry about that. No worries. For a second, I thought everybody had lost their mind. I thought everybody had legitimately lost their mind. Like, this is – come on, guys. Um, they, I, Tony, I know you're bringing up all these logical things about um, the Steelers and why, you know, this is not looking good for them. But all I saw was more dramatics for Big Ben to be like, look how much I overcame. Like, the more I see this stuff, I'm like, yep, <laughs> this is this is putting it in the coffin for the Bengals because the the Steelers, if they were coming into this game, this game were as mundane as possible. Like, it was coming into it. Yeah, it would be fine. But now that they got intrigue and storyline, oh, they're going to come out playing like they did against the Browns. <laughs> like, this is, this is what's going to happen. Hey, um, I'm for it. I'm for it. I have I have simultaneously on this show, I will admit, have been as wrong as possible about this Stiller team and as right as possible about this team. Because once I stop on the six of ten, everything I've said about this team and how they would perform has been exactly to spec. I have no anticipation that this is gonna be a close game. The Steelers are gonna kinda gonna come into this game and they're gonna come focused because as uh what what Mike Tomlin says, you gotta get hot in the kitchen when it yeah, comes yeah, to Yeah, yeah, they're in the back in the football. kitchen in the AFC North. You know, you got to see if the kid can hold up. Uh, this is a rookie going against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense for the first time. Um, then let's be honest here. Joe Burrow has played better. That offensive line has played better. But one of the things that Joe Burrow did struggle against was when Baltimore confused him. And what Baltimore can do to confuse you is nothing, nothing on the level of what Pittsburgh can do to confuse you and pressure you. I, I just don't see this ending well. Um, you know, I think the offensive line has played better for Cincinnati, but I think this is going to be a rude awakening that the personnel still is not good enough um, for you. Um, and if Joe Burrow gets confused, this defense is going to be able to capitalize and make 
uh, turnovers happen off that mistake because they just have been. This is what the Steelers do at this point. Um, I don't see the Steelers coming in here sleepwalking against this game, especially now that it's in doubt because of all the all the Rona madness going on around it. Yeah, this is going to be a game where I think the the Steelers would should win easily. But if they do come like sleepwalking in, I get why it's ten like why it's um appealing to say the other thing because you know the Bengals play good early on. You know the Steelers stink at the beginning. Maybe they can build too much of a lead, um, yeah. like they did against Indy. That can't be surmounted, but. I just don't think it's going to be like Andy. I think uh, the Stiller team's a little bit different, and I think Big Ben's going to be able to attack this uh, the the Bengals secondary um, and do a lot of Quincy, things. Quincy, did you throw that stuff, that Stiller stuff away, or do you still have it somewhere? <laughs> I think it's in a closet. Somewhere. I told you. Look, I told you. Look, man. I told you. Steelers look, look, are uh, what, favorite team now. I told you oh, this. Man. I already told you this. Just, I've seen it happen too much. I'm not about to give nobody no false hope. I'm not about to hype up Bengals fans and be like, "Look, y'all, y'all can do it. It's a path. It ain't no path, baby. Just, just take the L now." So on Monday, you ain't going to be trying to fire your coach and get a new quarterback. Like, I'm just trying to tell you, if you go into a Steelers game with hope that you're not going to win, you're going to come out of it talking about Case Keenum starting for your team. So, nah, this nah, is, nope. This is, this is, is Ryan Stanley the way, By the way, you have to give the Steelers defense credit. Every single game they've played after it, people have been talking about, well, what's the backup doing for the other quarterback? Even for the guy who won MVP last year, they were like, oh, well, maybe Lamar is not it. Maybe, maybe Baker's the bus. Yeah, they're going to be talking about, hey, Andy Dalton would have thrown, like, two interceptions against us. It's going to be something. Look, dog, just prepare for it. They're not going to come in sleeping. The Steelers are never going to do you a favor. They're never going to do a favor like that for an Ohio team, especially Ben Roethlisberger, who went to school in Miami of Ohio, probably still salty about the Bengals for whatever reason. It ain't happening. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I hate to side with the Steelers like this, like, but it's it's happening, man. It's happening. Their floor is 14-2. and two. <laughs> It's happening. Like, I don't know what to do uh, about that, but that's enough on oh, that so, game. Something real quick. There was a matchup that Dallas exploited a little bit, but not enough against the Steelers. Is when you spread them out, Bud Dupree was matching against a guy that I think is very soft in the NFL, Samari Cooper. Imagine if he goes against a guy like Boyd, right in the slot. Yeah, that is problematic. Dallas yeah. didn't exploit that matchup enough. I mean, they did it a couple of times when they spread them out. This is where the Bengals, if they spread them out and they get either uh, Bud Dupree or TJ Watt, but I didn't see TJ Watt enough going No, TJ Watt gave up a touchdown to, uh, no, to CD Lamb. I know, but I'm saying it, it looked to me that happened more uh, on the on Bud Dupree. Not, not that they got exploited. I, I saw him matching more in the slot. So this is a thing that the Bengals and other teams need to notice. Because if you're going to put an outside linebacker, middle linebacker are bad enough in coverage. Outside linebackers are even worse because they're used to even more to be just in the dirt, let me go pass, uh, rush the passer. Or if they go in coverage, they usually zone in. If they're going to put in man-to-man, again, I saw him about Dupree. I remember the touchdown yeah. on CD Watt. This is where the Bengals need to live because that's where Boyd is usually, right? Yeah. So I think that is a matchup that the Bengals can exploit, and I'm hoping they, they do. And I, it will be interesting how the Steelers counteract that, right? Uh, again, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I have my, my hopes that the Bengals squeak it out. <laughs> 
I got you, Sonny. I only thing I think is uh, I don't think Bud Dupree and uh, T.J. Watt are going to be matched up on any wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think the matchup's going to be Bud Dupree on Joe Burrow's right butt cheek and <laughs> T.J. Watt on his left butt cheek. That's do, just going to be what's going to happen. Do the Steelers have there. enough personnel for five wide, though? Have the Steelers gone five wide? Like, have they defended against five wide? That's what, like, fan, that's what yeah. we do. That's what right, we do. Right. It's like and, an LSU Bengals offense. Yeah, and the Steelers have to have to not be afraid to come out of their base, right? They 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 haven't faced a team that's really wanted to spread them out, so they've been basically able to stay in base. Last week, the Cowboys did this a little bit. We saw the Ravens do it, although the Ravens ran out of it a lot. Um, I imagine the Steelers are not going to want to ha- stay in base as much because, look, let's be honest, the Bengals' rushing attack just is, is not as potent as the the four that they just faced, right? Zeke, we're talking about Zeke, Derrick Henry, the, the, the Browns, and the Ravens. So uh, I think the Steelers are going to nickel. They'll go into dime. They'll be ready for those situations, hopefully. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, uh, Sonny's right. If it's T.J. Watt, if it's Bud Dupree dropping into coverage because the Steelers are in base, you're going to see Tyler Boyd. You're going to see a lot of the receivers uh, for the Bengals have big days. And I'm just to piggyback off of that, the thing that I'm worried about the most, obviously I'm worried about the pass rush, but the thing that worries me the most about the Steelers is not their defense. It's actually the offense. The fact that we don't really have anyone outside of William Jackson III and they have all of those receivers, Mapletron and, and Deontay Johnson and James Washington, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, like, Darius Phillips getting cooked by all of those guys. Like, one. That That's what I'm worried about. And even Eric Ebron, uh, I'm worried about him as well. So, yeah. definitely. Yeah, Eric Ebron leaping over, guys. We got a super chat here from Kodak655, and we're going to use this to kind of segue into the Ravens game. Um, think the Patriots game is a trap game. Also, thoughts on with Lamar saying the plays are being called out by the defenders. Uh, I, I imagine, Sonny, you want to get first dibs on that one. So what so, do you have to say? Trap game, potentially. I mean, anytime – I feel like anytime we face – or this happens to the Steelers, the Browns. So anytime you face a team, you're supposed to be, you're going to go immediately like, oh, is this a trap game? I mean, it's a trap game if you lose. That's 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 always the case, right? If you lose, it was a trap game. The, 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 the Patriots right now, they don't have the personnel, in my opinion, to compete with a, even if you think that the Ravens are not the team that last year, right? But even a good to like a playoff contender team. I don't think the Patriots right now are that team. Yes, they did it against Seattle. I think that's the only good team that they were like toe-to-toe that I can remember. They squeaked by the Jets and they won. But I don't think that obviously the Ravens, in my opinion, are way better than the Jets. Um, calling out plays, look, the reality is with basically no fans in the stands, you will hear the defense call plays. And then, Look, you see Lamar with the running back to the hip. What do you think it is? It's RPO, right? And 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 that is on Lamar then to adjust. If he thinks that what they're saying is exactly the play you're running, like literally verbatim, then you you say, okay, well we need to change it, guys. And a lot of the Ravens' plays, like I said, they're RPOs, and their RPOs meaning they could be a, a quarterback run, it could be a running back run, or it could be a pass to the receivers because the receivers are running routes. Now, since the Steelers game, especially that second half, the Ravens have gone more towards their style of playing from last year. Before that, Lamar was trying to do more dropbacks. They were trying to do a more prototypical style quarterback. I don't think that fits Lamar. Uh, that also takes the element of guessing with their offense, right? Um, the, the Steelers play Lamar 
like we played Colin Kaepernick in that Super Bowl, right? TJ Watt, when he was rushing, he said, Lamar, I'm going to hit you. Doesn't matter if you have the ball or not. I can care less. I'm going to hit you. And I think Lamar obviously didn't, didn't enjoy that or like that. So I think Lamar very quietly is trying to force himself also to be more of a pocket passer and drop back guy. I think they need to just keep going to where they were because it's very hard to call a play when you have an RPO that can be a run to a quarterback, a run to the running back, and there's receivers that if I want to pull, I can throw it. How are you going to call that play? It's an RPO. Yes, but where is it going? Well, Lamar is making the decision as after the snap of the ball. So are they calling the play? Well, I'm going to take it to his word. Yes, probably they are. Well, he needs to adjust to that. Now, to the Patriots game. Look, the Patriots game, in my opinion, that defense, if if the Jets, a very sorry Jets team, put, what, 30 points or, or near 30 points, I think the Ravens can put They were right there. They were right there. They were they're almost there, right? The Ravens can definitely put points. The Ravens in this game need to run it and run it hard to them and then play action. And then that's when you're gonna hit them on over the top. The Jets don't have a secondary, the Jets really don't have an interior D line. The Jets really have linebackers. So this is a game that the offense needs to get going. They need to put points. And on the other side. They just really don't have an option. I mean, it's the reason why the Jets are the, um, the worst team, right? So the Patriots, who are their receivers? Yes, uh, they got the guy, Cody, something that he went off on the Jets, right? Okay, we Marlon is coming back. Marcus Peters coming out of a great game. The Ravens have corners to match up to their receivers plus, right? The running attack is non-existing. Yes, Calais Campbell will be missed, but what, what running attack did they miss? We had to be aware of Ken Newton. He carried the ball 10 times last game. So they. I think how this game should be for the Ravens is shut down the run, force them to pass, and just man up with the corners. The corners should be able to man on, on them. And on the other side, the Ravens' offense should be just putting points on the Patriots. I, I was saying the Jets, but on the Patriots. That Patriots defense right now is also suspect uh, as the Jets put points with not really no offense. The Patriots are not the team that for the last year, a lot of their stars on defense opted out. So I think this game should be a comfortable win for the Ravens. I'm going to go by two touchdowns. So I don't know, 27-13. All right. We got some super chats to get to before we get to the rest of the panel here. The Trib says the Patriots are never a trap game. Got to agree with that until that's proven wrong. And also he said what Lamar said isn't really the issue. It's the fact that two players basically are calling out the OC. That's tough. Chris Sims on NBC Sports brought up the issues with the passing game. It's Greg. Um, and then we also have one from Harry Holland who says, watch NFL Live uh, after y'all finish the show, perfectly demonstrating Greg Roman's ineptitude. Lamar was right. New, oh my God, new OC next year. Oh, come on. Wow. I'll get to it later, but we'll, We'll let the rest of the panel get in on this. Tony, what are your thoughts on this game and um, the ideal? And I know it's kind of cliche, right? Because as a Browns fan, I've, I've seen this like every year, right? When the Browns get blown out, we could feel their plays. We knew what they was calling. Like every yeah. defense says that winner in a row. Um, but it's it's kind of odd that the quarterback uh, of the team that's plays are allegedly being called out is admitting that. And that <laughs> that's a little bit different. But Tony, what do you think, man? Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my Lamar take. It was a couple weeks back where I said I have this Lamar take. I'm, I, you know, I, I've had it for a while. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go public with it. And then you guys talk me out of it. Now here we are again, and Lamar just keeps giving me more and more evidence 
Uh, now I'm ready to go Dennis Green. He is who I thought he was. Look, here's the problem with Lamar Jackson. He doesn't deal well with uh, loss. He doesn't, he doesn't deal well with, with being down. Uh, Lamar Jackson, in a lot of ways, is a front runner. Okay, He's a guy who plays well when he's doing well. But when the chips are down against him, this guy – look, the fact that he's going out and saying, what's wrong – look, Rich Eisen asked him, what's wrong with the offense? It just doesn't feel like it's as good as it was last year. Things aren't coming as easy to you. And what is his answer, right? He could say things like, oh, I got to play better, right? The standard – your typical quarterback answer that everybody gives. And his answer is what? I'm throwing my offensive coordinator under the bus, baby. Hey, it ain't me. Hey, it ain't me. They know our plays. It's not me. It's not me. You want you, – oh, you think it's me? No, 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 no. It's the offensive coordinator's fault. Go talk to Greg. That's the stuff where you start to worry a little bit. Look, this is a, there's a reason why uh, you know every time he's behind, he plays his poor. I mean, you know, the guy comes out against against the Steelers, plays like crap, right? I, I, it's funny that it's this game is coming now because this is the one game that Ravens fans will always throw back at you when you say Lamar Jackson can't win big games. They go, "What about the what about the Patriots game?" It's like, okay, you're right, you're right. Although, and and, and here's the thing. That game last year, good win for the Ravens. It was a close-ish game, right? That was a back and forth or a little bit, uh, but the Ravens really pulled ahead uh, late in that mm. game and won. You know, the the failure for the for the Patriots in this game is widely known, right? Their fall from grace. They lost Tom Brady. They lost so many players uh, for for opting out on the on the defensive side. We get that. Baltimore and why they're not as good as we thought they were going to be. Well, we're still trying to figure that out, right? As Lamar said, you know, we we talked about. You know, during the offseason, is Baltimore going to get figured out? And Lamar Jackson literally went on national TV this year and said, yes, we are getting, we are figured, our offense is figured out. Defenses literally know what we're doing. Uh, so maybe, maybe they are figured out. Again, I still don't think this is true. They are, though. What's funny about the Ravens, they're kind of at like just throw stuff at the wall phase at this point. Like the Des Bryant, sure, yeah, yeah. Des Bryant, practice squad, active roster, yes, let's do this. They brought Luke Wilson in. They need another tight end because trading Hayden Hurst was probably not a great idea for them. And they're just now coming around to the idea of like, Oh, two tight end sets were a good thing for us. Like, God, okay, we'll we'll try that one more time this year. I still look, I still believe after saying all of this, right? I still believe the Ravens will be fine. I think they win this football game. I do think this is a dangerous game for them, though. Uh, you know, Belichick is still a good defensive mind. And if and if the Ravens, you know, if the Ravens offense is not who we think it is as far as it's gonna just, you know, it'll figure itself out. If there really are these fatal flaws in this offense, I think Bill Belichick could put together a game plan that holds this Ravens uh, offense down once again. And, and the, the, you know, the thing that's going to hold them back likely is that New England's offense is just not on the level, right? We're talking about an offense-driven league. Well, the Ravens offense, even at a, even at the level it's at now, where it's, again, just NFL average, and New England's offense at times is, you know, again, one of the worst. So, uh, and, and Baltimore's defense is very good. So, I don't, you know, I don't see the Ravens losing this football game, but I do think it's funny that, you know, look, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's he's got to take some, uh, you know, he's got to take some of the blame here uh, on himself, right? As a as a person, he's got to. Let me stop. Hold on, wait, wait. Before you jump in, Sonny, I want to let Trib get his say in. He put a super chat. He also said, "To be fair, Greg, offseason was difficult, and the Ravens have had a lot of moving pieces, kind of hard to implement new ideas with musical chairs going on, um, with your players hoping for progress." All right, Sonny, what do you have to say, man? Lamar Jackson has always taken responsibility. This is the first time that I've seen this dude say something that it wasn't him. Like, go back to all the losses. He would say, even in wins, the, the, the team wouldn't play good. He'd be like, yo, you know, I had to play better. The team did this for me, blah, blah, blah. Lamar Jackson, like, that was true about Flacco. For all the people that love Flacco, Flacco will deflect responsibility any given time. Any given time. If the team lost, they were like, well, you know, 
he never said I did anything bad. He said we need to play better, but he will never say I did this or that. Lamar Jackson has come. Like, go back and check the Steelers press conference after the game. He was, he said it. It was my bad. I threw those picks. We were bad throws, blah, blah, blah. This is the first time, and I didn't like it to be honest, that he said, you know, uh, it's the play calling, right? It's the play calling. Literally the first thing. The rest of the time, Lamar has always said, you know what? I need to play better. The team's counting on me. The dude is notoriously known for saying, you know, this is on me. I need to lead the team. So, yes, this was not a great quote. But, yeah, no, he, responsibility, the dude takes responsibility. I, I got, let me interject here real quick um, because I do have to ask this question. One, I get you're saying he's always said the right things. I, I don't think that's necessarily what Tony was saying was that he's not coming out here and doing the right things. I think he's saying more or less – the onus right now, it seems like in Baltimore, has not been about Lamar Jackson improving. It's been about everything else around Lamar Jackson stepping up and improving, and that kind of being the issue here. I don't take, I don't think Lamar blames anybody but himself. I don't think Lamar thinks he's perfect in any way. That's not any of my issues with him. I think he does take a responsibility. Now, again, he has an incredible record as a starting quarterback. So, you know, what's been there to blame him on? You know what I mean? He really hasn't been in that kind of an opportunity where he's had you know, where he's legitimately not been to blame or whatever it was. Uh, so I'm not, that's not a question, but I do think what's that question is at what point do we look at Lamar Jackson and what he's produced this year through what eight games um, and talk about him as, is he somebody who is a top five quarterback? You know, this is my thing with Lamar. If we're, if he's going to be a top five or even top three quarterback, which a lot of people said he was, then he needs to be held up to those kind of standards. And I don't think he's played a single game this year that's been top three quarterback worthy, um, especially this year with how good quarterback play has been. Um, so you have Fair. a situation where you could say all the excuses about the offseason and the offense and everything. Everybody else has had those excuses. Quarterback plays went up across the board. Um, and somehow he's the only guy who seems to, I don't want to say regressing. I think that's too strong of a word, but not improving upon what he did last year. And again, it's a high bar. Patrick Mahomes didn't even reclaim the bar that he did. But it's not just that he's not reclaiming it. It's that he's not even looking like he's in the same percentile that he was last year as far as level of play goes. And now I do want to get into some of these super chats. I don't want to let them get ignored much longer. The trip has said Lamar has proved to be a blame me type QB. This is the only interview that I can remember him um, doing that. He's probably speaking up for his guys. Another thing is Lamar is straight up. I wish y'all would have that same objective when y'all talk about Baker Mayfield because y'all call him a brat. He does the same stuff Lamar does on the press conferences. But, you know, that's true. You have to give respect where respect is due. Harry Holland says Lamar is taking responsibility for the Steelers game. Watch NFL Live and tell me that Greg Roman isn't doing the same thing that got him fired before. Again, it's look, if you want to blame the offensive coordinator, that's a slippery slope to get down because last year the offensive coordinator was the main thing that y'all were praising. You know? So I, I, I just I, I don't know if firing Greg Roman, is that really going to be the solution here? Is Greg Roman really the problem here? I mean, maybe he's running up against the same wall that he ran up with with Colin Kaepernick, where Colin Kaepernick stopped developing to a point to where his offense could not evolve past a certain point to where it got kind of predictable and teams caught up with it. Now Lamar's at that crossroads. He's a much better passer. 
I don't know if he's a much better passer than Cal Kaepernick, but he has more um, potential on that side than Cap did. But the, the question is, will he develop into that? Because one of the things we are learning about the Greg Roman offense is that if you don't expand, it does become something that teams can predict and, and call out. And that's one of the hallmarks against it that we're seeing. So it's kind of up to Lamar to be able to do some of these things. Um, or it's up to the Ravens to be able to build around him more properly. It, either way, Lamar has to play better and play like a top five quarterback. And that's all I want to see out of Lamar is play, have him play like a top five quarterback. Because, again, the thing I said about last week was the, the game he had last week would be a good game for Baker Mayfield. But for a guy who's supposed to be a top five quarterback. That's not cutting the mustard, uh, quite frankly. But if we're going to talk about this week's game, Sonny, real quick, just give me a prediction what you think is going to happen. I think the Ravens dominate on these, and they're just going to run the ball and chuck the clock out. And then I think this is a game that you will see Hollywood getting one deep one deep pass uh, to him. And and Lamar will I think Lamar will probably break around two twenty to two forty, and the Ravens are probably going to run around a buck fifty to a buck seventy on rushing side. Um, and then the defense again, the defense I think will have a good showing. I think the Ravens probably win twenty seven thirteen is my prediction. All right, that's interesting. Cap isn't in Lamar, so I mean Cap went to the Super Bowl. All right, uh, then we got another super chat from Trip. Trip, can somebody put that up for me? All right, it says Lamar is better than last year. His old talent is much worse. Huh? Okay. okay. Got to separate. Got to separate the team from the individual. Baker tanked the Browns' offense. Now plays Phil General. Lamar lifts the rate. Here's the thing about that take and trip. I respect you. You come on here all the time. You show love. I really do love what you do here. But here's the thing about that take. Wasn't coming into the season. We were talking about how this Raven team improved from being fourteen and two. Wasn't coming into this season how we talked about everything was better with this Ravens team coming into the season. How, you know, the wide receivers were going to be better. Uh, dare I say Marquise Brown was going to have a breakout year. Uh, I mean, like, like, weren't we expecting this team to be better, better than they were last year? Was that not the fair expectation? I believe 16 and 0 was not a wild prediction for this Ravens team in the yeah. offseason. If you're Colin, if you're uh, not Colin Coward, that's yeah, Colin Coward said it. You know, uh, yeah. Joe, Joe, who comes into the show sometimes, he said it. You know, it's my thing with the Ravens is you can't sit here and tell me it's the players around Lamar when. When when Lamar doesn't have bad players around him, that's not the case in this situation. He has some of the best running back room. He has a good running back room. He has good support mm-hmm. there. I don't know, bro. Uh, I don't right. know. The running backs? The, okay. okay. The running right. back. Mark Ingram? Like, I'm not not to. They, got, they upgraded to Dobbins. They're supposed to be an upgrade to Dobbins. This year. I mean, Dobbins is the big pick for them in the second but round. But do they have a top 10 running back in the NFL? I would say no. I'd say no, no, but but the, the they didn't the have that last year. Yeah, what's the they point didn't of have that last year? You just you could almost do. Lamar in? was a top ten running back. Like I, I'm not I even saying that they have. Lamar's I can't say that they have great weapons though. I I like if you take Lamar Jackson's team. you take Lamar Jackson's team and you compare it to Pat Mahomes, right? Pat Mahomes has a better coach, Andy Reid. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's got all of these weapons. He's got now he's got Le'Veon Bell as his running back. Like Le'Veon Bell right now is still better than Mark Ingram, like at this point. And Le'Veon Bell is wide. So he doesn't really have that many, that many weapons, in my opinion. Like it's not like he's just got this this uh repertoire of great weapons and he's not doing anything. It's like Marquise Brown and nobody else outside of Marquise Brown. 
Mark they, didn't worse. they didn't get worse. Mark right? the, the, the only thing we can say, the only we can oh, say, they did not get and worse. And I agree. And I agree with Quincy. Hollywood Brown isn't a number one receiver. He's supposed to be like your your second guy. Like he's not a number one receiver. So to me, I can't say that the Ravens just have this like a bunch of weapons. Like the Bengals well, have. Like Joe Burrow has way more weapons than Lamar Jackson has. It's it's like night and day. My the key question is though, what changed from last year to this year when they were the top offense in football to this year where they're they're not at that same level? Like what changed? This team was this team was sputtering before that before Ronnie Stanley went down. Like this, like let's not is Yander that important though? Is a right Hall guard? Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. He's Hall of Famer, but still a right guard is the difference okay. between you going looking like 14 and 2, the best team in the NFL, the best offense in the NFL, to massive questions about your quarterback? Like, is that really what we're gonna say is the difference here? So for me, not necessarily the play calling. I, I will agree here with Quincy. Greg Roman, I remember Ravens fans, you guys were freaking out. Oh my God, Greg Roman's gonna be a head coach somewhere else. You're gonna lose Greg Roman. Oh my God, who's gonna be? And now everybody wants to fire Gregiro. I think that the play calling wasn't necessarily the problem, is how they they started the year, meaning they went from what they did last year and they wanted to do something different this year. They still wanted to run, but not as much. They wanted to have Lamar be more of a drop down, uh, drop back passer than last year, right? Last year was run heavy, run heavy, RPO, and then we're going to hit you quick because we're going to catch the defense cheating and uh, overcommitting to the run, and that's where the, the pass comes. This year, they went more like, okay, let me drop back with Lamar, let the play develop. Well, you don't have the receivers for doing that, right? So it's not zero. It's somewhere the offense during the offseason, and I think Lamar was part of this, they said we want to go more to the typical style, and then instead of being more run heavy, hit you with a pass, it was more let's go 50-50, and occasionally Lamar hits them with a big run, right? And now you will see in the past again two weeks when Ronnie Stanley went out specifically, they said we can't do this. We 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 were bad before with with uh, bad tackle. Now we're gonna be worse. So I think what Quincy's saying spot on here. I think the Ravens fans, us, we make too much excuses. Lamar has not played at the level that he should have been playing. Uh, is it all Lamar? Well, no. I think they tried to put him in a situation. And I think, again, Lamar was part of this, that he doesn't excel. And instead of them saying, let's go back into what we did good last year, they kept going with it. And, I mean, you can keep going with it when you're winning, right? The team kept winning, and yes, the, the, the two losses, but for the most part, they were winning. So that was a big thing. And then the other thing is, guys, the receivers, yes, the receivers are not playing stellar, but Lamar has also not been throwing the ball great to those receivers. So I think it's both things. The receiver haven't been played great, but Lamar hasn't been throwing the ball as good as he should or like he threw it last year. All right, we got some super chats to get to real quick. Trip says, scared about this game. I got the Pats 24-21. Wow. Uh, Harry says, Q, you just proved it's Greg Roman. I think in that take, I was saying, hey, Greg Roman's offense is evolving, but Lamar Jackson's not evolving at that same rate. So tell me who you think the common denominator is in that one. Um, also, the Trip says here, I don't speak for everyone. Um, I thought our defense got much better. I miss Yonda. The moment he went out the door, I expected more from Duvernay. I told y'all about them rookie wide receivers. Uh, but what else did we add on offense? I expected 12 and 4. 
This is a lot of humble Raven fans that weren't here. Well, you know, like, they were not here at the but, beginning of the season. Yeah, this season but, J.K. Dobbins was supposed to be a big addition to this offense because if, if in the event of a Mark Ingram regression, J.K. Dobbins was supposed to step in. Dobbins has stepped in. I mean, he was good against the Steelers. What was the problem in that game? Not the running game, right? The problem in that game was Lamar. Lamar. I think that's been the difference this season of you look at why they haven't been performing. I want to ask a question real quick, and then I'm, I know Ace wants to ask a question as well. Um, but real quick. Is Lamar Jackson the Giannis Kedekumpo of the NFL? Is he? <laughs> like, is he? That, this seems like a parallel. I mean, like, every time Giannis gets stopped, everybody's like, hey, look, it's got to be everybody else but Giannis. But the reality is Giannis can't shoot that jumper. Lamar can't hit those outside, you know, deep corners. He is right now, right? It doesn't have to be forever, right? When I talk about like, oh, Lamar can't win the big game, right? He's a front runner, right? Right now, I mean, I'm talking about like right now. He can he can evolve out of it, obviously, right? We've seen yeah. players just Giannis, Peyton Manning for a long time had the idea. Peyton Manning I mean, had the idea for a long time that he can't win a big game, right? Oh, he choked in every big moment. Peyton Manning shed that late in his career. No one was talking about Peyton Manning as a choker in big moments later in his career. So, you know, Lamar can shed this, but right now, I think it is a real wonder that you have an offense that was the best in the league last year, 14-2. and two. John Harbaugh won Coach of the Year last year. Lamar Jackson was MVP, and all of a sudden, they don't change much offensively, and all, they're just way worse. I mean, they're just way worse offensively. And we talk about you – know, I know play calling keeps getting brought up. I'm looking at Lamar's stats right here. Look, the, the number of passes he's throwing this year is not going to be wildly different than what he threw last year. He had 15 games last year, Lamar Jackson did. He threw 400 passes. He's on pace right now. If he plays 16 games, he'll throw the ball 416 times. So pretty much the same, identical. But what is true about this about him this year, his completion percentage, down 62%. His yards, down. He's going to throw for right around 3,000. His touchdowns, down. He'll, he'll throw for right around 24. His interceptions are up. But the big thing that is way up for Lamar Jackson this year, and I think you could point to something they lost this offseason, that's the offensive line. He has been sacked. 21 times this year. He was sacked just 23 times all of last year. That could be a big part of it. I mean, maybe we need to talk more about the offensive line because that is a huge, huge yeah. jump. We're talking about going from 20 sacks in a season to potentially 40. The, uh, is, you know, it, is it the offensive line or is it Lamar not being as elusive well, as he was last year to be able to make those plays out of I, those situations? It, yeah, that's something that was huge for him last year. Go ahead, Sonny. I was going to say it's both things. I think Lamar right now, again – wanted him to be more of a drop back he he was not only holding the ball you will see green in front of him and he just didn't run right he just kept looking for these guys and and sometimes you're like dude you just have open field run i i think it's again i, I think a lot of people that are very hardcore lamar fans and i hey I'm, i love lamar jackson but we'll try to make every single excuse why he's playing this way but the reality is some of it is his fault and some of them is not. It goes both ways. But you cannot say, well, it's not Lamar's fault. It's Giro's, the O-line, the receivers. No. The receivers have some of it. The O-line is big, but that's only in the past two to three weeks. And Lamar has some blame in it. And in the case of Giro, I'm not seeing that he called anything that, oh, my God, this is a horrible game. Last year, I would say, dude, that was a bad play call. And this year, he has some bad play calls. But overall... You can't blame the guy. I think there's execution problems right now more than the play calling problems. All right. We're going to go to a super chat from the trip here. It says, not an average fan. When people talk about the 14 pro bowlers, I only saw Lamar, the two corners, Earl, the two tackles, Pierce, um, and the tight ends being special. <laughs> That's a lot of players um, right. being special. Uh, we had holes on every level last year. 
interesting. All right, we got another one from Harry Holland who says, who doesn't put um, Duvernay and Dobbins on the field? Roman, just watch the NFL Live segment next week. We can discuss it, man. Okay, we'll talk about that later, but I know Ace, you had something to say. Yeah, so you guys know that, you know, for the most part, you probably consider me like a LJ sympathizer, right? But the one thing that I want to say is this. When we talk about Greg Roman, we talk about all of this stuff with him changing the offense. Was that because Greg Roman wanted to change the offense? Or was it because Lamar did this whole thing of, I'm not bad for a running back. I want to prove to these guys that I can throw passes and stuff mm. like that. And it seems to me like it's backfired. I think a lot of that pressure that Greg Roman got and has has had behind him changing the offense so much could be because of the questions surrounding Lamar Jackson. And I think that it's been something where, you know, I think obviously when Lamar Jackson was drafted, he was affected by the comments, by the media, and by what people were saying about him. And he wanted to prove them wrong. I think he's taking it far too too serious and to a whole nother level where, and like I said, I don't know this. I'm not a Ravens insider. I don't, I'm just an outside guy looking in. It seems to me what has been going on is even though the Ravens were a top offense with that running uh, game and that running attack, that RPO and everything, they're trying to run this offense. Like they're trying to prove a point that Lamar Jackson can be a quarterback that can also sling it, right? He doesn't have to just depend on his legs. And I think that that's an issue. I think that it's put pressure on Greg Roman and his coaching staff to try to make him a passer, which I don't think that they should do. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't know what's going on, but I think that there could be, if I was in Greg Roman's shoes, that could be a lot of pressure from, from not only Lamar Jackson, but from ownership, if if they really want to take this guy and get rid of those narratives, I think that they're more worried about the narrative about him being a running quarterback than actually winning games. And to me, I think at this point, go back to what you were doing. It, if it's not broken, don't change it. Don't fix it. You were the top. You were in the top two last year in terms of scoring offense. People weren't able to defend that. So you know, it's just like if you had Cam Newton right now. Would you try to make Cam Newton run the same offense as Joe Burrow? No. You. I think we lost him for a Raven second. Raven fans there. strike again. Yeah, Raven fans <laughs> have gotten into the Kodak and took him out there on a hilarious screenshot, by the way. Uh, Tony, real quick, I didn't get your score prediction for this game. Can you give me a score prediction? while we? Yeah, no, I, I think the Ravens win. I think it'll be, you know, probably closer, too close to uh, for Ravens fans, but, you know, somewhere in the range of like 23-17. Something like that. Again, I just don't. I just don't think New England has the firepower to keep up. I do think Belichick can can put something together to slow this this Ravens offense down. If you know, if indeed, again, there is this is this massive problem. Um, but I, I just don't think New England has enough to keep up. It's going to be interesting too because I think um, New England has times where they play very well and they're able to shut down a good like the first half of the Kansas City game where they did really well against that team. It's just is the offense going to be able to keep up? And one of the things I was concerned about watching them play last week was that Cam Newton just looks old. You know, like yeah. he doesn't look young anymore. He looks very old. He can't run like he used to. He's falling down. You know. If, if this were the Patriots team last year, I could see it. I do think Bill Belichick is going to come out here and try something, you know, because he, he really does not – that loss did not sit well with him last year. But do I think he's going to be able to do anything about it? No. 
No, he's probably not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so I think the Ravens are probably going to win this game and probably going to win this game comfortably. And maybe, look, Lamar might have a breakout, start running like he used to, and then we're just back on like, all right, you know, Lamar is the MVP type thing. But right now, I hate to admit it, the only guy who has a chance to be an MVP candidate in the AFC North is is Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, okay, uh, but we got to stop talking about that because that's not going to happen. There's no way Ben's getting MVP talk. He's not, he's Tony, not playing MVP level. Do do I'm going to yeah. keep on doing it because he's, he's not. He's not, he's not going to get it. Look, MVP <laughs> is about like, you know, what are you doing with no one around you, right? Ben Roethlisberger has too good a defense. It's why Tom, Tomlin's not going to get coach of the year either, right? Because, it, it, you know, mm, coach of the year becomes – now, Coach think, of the Year has become this most improved award where did you take a bad team last year and turn him into a great team? Brian Flores right now, if the if the Dolphins continue on their – I think he's my number two. He'll get it. He should have got it last year. Um, Tomlin should have yeah. got Coach of the Year last year. Yes, I agree with that. Oh, no, I was talking about Brian Flores because uh, he would. That, that team was awful last year. He made him like six and ten. Look, look at that. <laughs> What do you mean? The Steelers what, really? had Mason Rudolph and Duck, and they were eight and eight. That is a Coach of the Year performance. Make the playoffs. The, the Dolphins <laughs> traded away their entire franchise and went six and ten. Even the water they were trying to go six and ten. That was intentional. It was an intentional six. six they weren't trying to go six and ten. They were trying to go zero and sixteen. They were trying to be and bad. They, and they were bad. They were five and eleven. First of all, they were five and eleven. They got the quarterback they wanted. No, no. They, that's a reverse Hugh Jackson, baby. That's a reverse Hugh Jackson. I got to show respect to that because Hugh Jackson got that same situation. Was like, I guess one in thirty one is the best I could do. That man won five games. That's amazing. But by the way, I, we found out what happened to Ace. His uh, his supercomputer room with all his PS fives are all downloading Spider Man and Call of Duty and whatnot. That's what took down his Wi Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His Xbox, his Xbox Series X just yeah. blew up. <laughs> all right. But let's uh let's get to the outros here. We're running a little late. Yeah. Uh, Sonny, any final parting shots as you tell them where to find you? Hey guys, I think this week's and for the AFC North talk, I think big game will obviously is the AFC North shutdown between uh, Steelers and Bengals. We'll see how that game goes. I think the other two teams have a you know I think both Ravens and the Browns have an easier path. Hey, you can find me SCG Sports everywhere. Plus, guys, look. If you really want to help the channel up, one of the things you can do is join us on Flick. We're going to be trying to just comment and write during the game on Flick. So go check us on Flick, F-L-I-C-K. So go check it out, um, the AFC North Talk Flick. Um, yeah, man, join in. And you can talk as much trash talk if you want. Come <laughs> back. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Apparently, I think with the, the the storm and everything down here in Florida, apparently my internet just went out. So, sorry about that. Probably right behind you. All right, Ace. Any parting shots before we head out? Uh, nah, man. I, I think what I was just trying to say is, uh, I think that the Ravens are uh, just trying to get Lamar Jackson to do too much and get out of his comfort zone, and and are really just they really should just do what they're used to doing, which is what they did last year. So, um, those are just my parting thoughts on that. I said the Steelers floor was 14 and two. I'm getting called a hater by Steeler fans, unironically. This is hilarious. Crazy, though, especially when we know that they should have lost against the Eagles and, and other teams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They should have lost. Shouldn't have lost any of these games. They're 8 0 for a reason because they're the best team in the NFL right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trust they me. I hope they team. do nothing more than lose eight games in a row. Like I really do. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Oh. They are a good team, though. Don't get it twisted. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is what I want to say to Steeler fans. Okay, 
every Steeler fan, just calm down and enjoy this season. Everyone, Steeler fans are so worked up. Anytime anyone in the media says the Steelers are not the best team in the NFL, there's like 10,000 people on Twitter who all go absolutely nuts. You know, they're all tweeting at each other. Can you believe what this guy said? Uh, no, look, this guy has look here's the thing. And, and the one thing that gets me is all these Steeler fans were freaking out about power rankings. First of all, who cares about power rankings? Second of all, if you want the Steelers to be number one in a power ranking, go to NFL.com, go to the standings, and sort by record. Hey, they have the best record in the NFL, right? Power rankings are not who has the best record in the NFL. It's who's playing the best. And there is a legitimate argument right now to be made the Steelers are not playing the best football, even though they're 8-0. So, again, I just hope Steeler fans calm down, enjoy the season. It's going very well for the Steelers. They aren't playing well right now, but they're still winning. That's the best thing you can say about a football team because they still got half the year to go. So, yeah, and then with totally. that, I'll say, I'll say, you know, follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me on Locked On Steelers on Tuesdays, and I'm here Tuesday and Thursday, 5:45. Like, subscribe, and thank you to all the people who have uh, subscribed or, or uh, hit us up on Super Chat. And Steeler fans, I really do implore you guys to just enjoy what's going on right now. Enjoy this regular season because you're going to lose in the playoffs. You're not going to win. <laughs> here we go. Year. <laughs> you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're going to lose in the playoffs. You're going to lose your first game at home. It's going to uh, be no, 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 no. Yeah, it's going to be bad. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to be angry. You're going to want to fire Mike Tomlin after that. And then Big Ben's finally going to f- retire in like five years. And then your franchise is going to be in the dirt. When Mason Rudolph steps up and is the next franchise guy, you give him $20 million a year year to be last place and the Browns will rise from the ashes and become all right and we are now exiting fantasy land and back to reality look look but yeah enjoy this right now this is probably as good as it's gonna get for this entire decade stiller fans like right here at this moment I mean like when was the last time you guys went eight no it's been like since the 20s so like enjoy where you're at right now because this is is good this is peak this is this as is fun it. as it's going to get be. because right. you're not winning a championship anytime soon. 19 and oh. 0. 19 and 0. 19 and 0. Yeah, I'm not going to make any Perfect. bets on that because I learned <laughs> the lesson. But I don't think that's very likely. But if you want to find me or, you know, spam my comment section because I've seen y'all doing that, uh, follow me, youtube.com slash Quentin Carrier, Twitter at Quen, K-W-E-N underscore C, twitch.tv slash Quincy Carrier. I'm in all those spaces. Check me out. I'm going to be live tomorrow playing Madden. Ace sometimes drops in there to troll me. Um, and, you know, we have a good time. <laughs> that Everybody has given their outros. Did I miss anybody? Uh, you miss me. You miss me. Uh, you can find me. Uh, calling the Spectrum customer service line because my <laughs> internet apparently is is dead. Uh, but you can find me at New Stripe City. You can find me here on the AFC North Talk um, and also on uh, Twitter at New Stripe City. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers and shout out to y'all when y'all signing Jameis Winston as a tryout to be the starting quarterback in a couple of years. But that's going to be it for this week's AFC North Talk. Thank you guys for watching. Have a great day. Have a good night. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Have you ever felt? Damn.